0: Put him on his back, Thurston, right foot kick, down the ground, into the in goal almost, Hodgson cuts it off, Hodgson taken by Norton, he took him late, Marshall skips away, Marshall skips away, Marshall's still going, Marshall's got Richards coming up outside, now inside, Richards pursued. Tuesday, twenty fourth of what, January, twenty twenty three. We're back again, episode three of the preseason for this year. Tiger Town episode. I'm Zach. He's Toby. Toby, how you going, mate? Be honest.
1: How are you? Yeah, um, like shit. <laughs> I have uh, I have the vid. So as you can see, different backdrop. Uh, I am isolated to a bedroom. So, because I have a eight month pre- eight month, or uh, yeah, eight month pregnant, wife and a three-year-old daughter. So I'm trying to keep myself away from everyone and yeah, I'm isolating myself. So it's fun. Yeah. Good decision.
0: In fact, I think um, from the feedback that I had from your wife, I think she said that this could be an arrangement that could work going forward over the next few years. I've heard heard that. Keep yourself away from the rest of the family. So that'd be wonderful. Even, even post um, that illness that we're referring to that we won't say the name of, because the algorithm will sting us. That's why I said the
1: vid. We could be talking about videos. knows you
0: could be you're probably not but you could be
1: exactly but um so other than
0: other than um you know the the woo flu as it were uh what's been happening in the last week mate anything to report
1: no yeah actually got a new job so new job started and then i got covid so damn it oh well hey algorithm um that's a that's a great way to
0: impress your your new employees isn't
1: it all right i know um but I am lucky enough that I can do my job from home. So I am, again, working from home for the next week and then hopefully back in the office next week. Cause yeah, they just want me to make sure that I've got it all out of my system cause I'm in a big office environment. So.
0: Absolutely. I know that going back to office work was one of the bigger lures for you. So yeah.
1: yeah, yeah sooner you can
0: sooner you can knock this on the head, the better, eh?
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. What about yourself? How's oh. you, your first day back at work? I think.
0: Uh, yeah, mate, we had, well, uh, we had our first, first day back of work last week, but, um, you know, first day of sorts earlier this week. So, um, yeah, adjustment process I'm still at the end of the day, trying to adjust to being back in the swing of things. But, um, I know I was saying to a friend of mine that part of me really enjoys the rhythm when I'm up and running in the year. And I, I kind of, I crave it a little bit over the Christmas break when I've got a bit of time off. So, um, yeah. Yeah, as much as going back to work stinks. Um, yeah. definitely having that, that routine that and that right. rhythm is a good thing, yeah. Positive feedback loop. Plus, we're that little bit closer to um to the season starting. So right. I don't know what the official countdown is as of today, but we're in the realms of what, five or six weeks to go. For the
1: season, yeah, but for the preseason challenge. That's um Well
0: that's even that's even earlier.
1: Yeah, that's two weeks away, I think. Maybe even maybe Oh, I think it's two weeks this week. Ninth of Feb, we decided. Is that it?
0: Yeah, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, so that'd, that'd be two weeks on uh, on yeah. Thursday. Our first first trial against the Warriors. And the Warriors,
1: but um, yeah, but I read today actually not, not Tigers related, but um, apparently Manly and St George are doing a secret um trial match this weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, You're right. Just, yeah.
0: Yeah, Jesus, the... you'd be spewing to see an injury or two that would yeah. come out of out of something like a secret trial, wouldn't you?
1: No, exactly. But then you know, like, takes them out of the running for that um hundred thousand dollars for the preseason challenge. So, wow, well, yeah, let's yeah, that wish injuries on anybody, but
0: maybe a few soaring sorry bodies put them out for a few weeks. I don't think really, I don't think we've got either of those teams early, do we? Oh.
1: I couldn't think off the top of my head to be honest, but um, mm. no, no, I don't think so. I think we, I know we've got the Dragons Magic Round up here in mm. Brisbane, which, funnily enough, so my old man is Dragons fan. Um, so he was up here over the last week, and we decided to organise it. So, um, I'm taking my old man to that game, to those Happy three days. Games,
0: actually. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. it would be it'd be must be stoked with signing Jake Little and Zane Musgrove to top <laughs> shelf acquisitions there.
1: Yeah, he's uh he's not too confident with his season, but um he's uh you know he's diehard dragons fan, so yeah, it yeah, is awesome. what it is. He'll just keep plugging along and keep supporting. I Mean it hasn't been great for us, but we're diehard tiger supporters. So yeah, yeah. The
0: dragons are a prayer club, proud history. Um, they're just in a bit of an average spot as well. You'll notice that Taby might flick on and off a little bit over the course of the stream. I think that's just him being courteous because he's not feeling feeling the best. So that is uh, we
1: so don't want to appreciate as much don't want to cough over the thing and don't want to sneeze or anything over the, (laughs) over the, uh, over the pot or over the stream. So yeah. Lovely.
0: I mean, the fact that, you know, I'm rocking this head, I should probably do a little bit more often, but
1: bad luck. You stuck with me. That's right. You know, the fact that you have that nice ginger beard. I'm thinking maybe, but that's okay. That's up to you. It's just a light mate and it's all, but thanks very much.
0: (laughs) Uh, but,
1: um, Oh, in the new, a,
0: in the world of uh...
1: sorry, you go. No, nah, you were going. <laughs> I was going to go. I was going gonna... to say that was a nice segue into maybe talking about the preseason challenge, but I guess we can talk about that later on.
0: Were well, you going to segue into redheads talking about C-Farth or something?
1: Ah, uh, poor old Seafar. I think we've uh, yeah. I think we punched him in the guts enough lately, so we'll let him be this week.
0: FYI, I don't have red hair, but I do have a red ish style beard. That was the that was the joke that towed threw my way. So thanks very much for that champion.
1: That's all right. I mean, we got to get the banter going a little bit more on these, uh, on these pods, you know, some people might just join them for listening to us talk. We're far too, um,
0: far too cordial, far too professional. I think that, um, yeah, we might need to, might need to make a few adjustments there. Cause we sure as hell don't have that issue when we're in person, do we?
1: No, 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 we've, we've, no, said, not... we've said a number of times that, uh, if anyone was recording the conversations we'd have when we're in person, um, yeah, we would not be seen in a very good light. Well,
0: more more so just the overt bullying towards one another. But you know that's what comes when you um when you you know close mates with people you've known for a long time. Anyway, I digress. I digress. Let's get on to the footy. But um, kicking things off today, um, Wakeham. One year deal yeah. out of the Bulldogs.
1: We were just talking about last week that we were in need of a um a, wouldn't say quality, but a handy backup half. And you know, Wakeham has shown glimpses of the Bulldogs that he can do stuff. But you know, he's definitely not a not a run of the mill first grader these days. But definitely, uh, definitely glad we actually signed somebody that is an out and out half and not just a utility that can fill into the halves. So I think that's good. I think it's a good backup half. Um, because now we've got. I think he,
0: I think he's a bit of a half that can also add utility value, as opposed to the Will Smith, that would be more of a utility that could add half value.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's like a, he's a he's a batting all right arounder versus a bowling all arounder in a cricket analogy, I guess. But. um
1: Yeah, that went over my. Have head. you seen much of him? I've seen a little bit of him. Um, I. D- <laughs> Uh, my brother did actually bring up the fact that I wonder how Tommy Talao felt uh, with us <laughs> signing him right. um, because apparently I don't remember it happening, but my brother does that. Uh, yeah. When Tommy did his ACL, Wakeham stood over the top of him and sort of, you know, showboated over the, over him. So yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen too much of him, but what I have seen, he hasn't turned the world on fire, but I've seen some solid stuff. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. He's twenty four years of age, played what, twenty or thirty first grade games, I think, somewhere in that realm. He's been at the dogs for four years or so. Yeah. Um, I heard somebody say online, evidently, that he's the size of a pine cone. Huh. Which um which is good. It makes, must make Luke Brooks feel a bit better because when they line up shortest to tallest, he's not no longer at the back end of the line quite so much. So um Brooksy, you've had a win there. But in all seriousness, um he played World Cup. He played in the halves for Fiji. Uh and yeah, he did a serviceable job. Look, we said it last week, we're missing we were missing uh backup halves. And uh to enter a season where you've got only two recognized halves in the club, being that Will Smith actually isn't even in the top thirty, he's a trainer trial. So he unless he gets promoted. Um, yeah. he can't actually play in the first ten rounds, then yeah, we were really skinny so obviously Dane Laurie being a possible option and uh, maybe a possible couple of others either at a pinch, but we, we were, we were short bottom yeah. line. Um, and yeah, I, you know, it's not the sort of signing that makes you jump for joy, but um, yeah, look, bottom line, it, it's a, it's a half backup and uh, we, we needed it. We did. We did.
1: And yeah, it's definitely like, like you said, we were super skinny Um and it just made sense because I, I, we discussed this uh, on a group chat that we have, like, who can we go after? We brought up the fact of Ben Hampton from the Cowboys might have been an option. Um, I don't even think any of us actually said Wakeham, to be honest. But yeah. like I said, it, it was something that we desperately needed. Um, We know that we have done extremely well for our forwards. Our halves, we obviously let down uh by letting go of Hastings, but Hastings was never gonna be used in the halves apparently anyway. So Yeah. But yeah, it's it's an astute uh astute signing. Let's just yeah. say.
0: Yeah, look, it had to happen. And yeah. it feels our thirty. So we're now thirty from thirty. But as we've said a couple of times, I think don't be surprised to see one or two further changes happen closer to the season. I know it's really late, but it might be a release to a club that has found their short in the last month or so, or it might even be a Super League release or two. Um, so I don't know exactly what names there are. I know what names I wouldn't mind, I guess, releasing off, but um, I've got no doubt that they'll have to make a bit of space, if for nothing else other than to leave some space in the squad to fill a gap or two over the course of the season, which is something that just about every club does.
1: Yeah will be interesting because I was reading the other day that the Dolphins are like at 78, 75% of spending their cap. And I think you yeah. have to be at a minimum of 93% or something like that I read. Um yeah. So, you know, there's always that option just so they can get some, you know, be, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Like j- just adhering to the rules of the cap. They might be looking to sign someone. So like yeah. you could have the option of signing some fringe first grade players who are on a bit of coin. Um, we might let go of some disgruntled players that we don't know are disgruntled. Who knows? Yeah, or even just tap on the shoulder and go,
0: you know what, plans have changed and you're not in the future plans of Benji. It might even be, you know, a month or two into the season and go, look, mate, if you find an opportunity elsewhere, um, you know, we're not going to hold you back because yeah, you're not going to get a tremendous amount of uh, game time moving forward here um so yeah I have to wait and see Dolphins are a funny one with that because people often will look at that on surface value and go oh well that's ridiculous you know that's why teams stay at the bottom but it makes it makes sense because otherwise you could underspend your cap for a number of years and then you you can you can hold on to certain uh bits and pieces with it it means that you need to allocate a certain amount of funds to certain players but I think what you'll find they'll do rather than overpaying players is they'll just forward pay players so they'll just pay, say Jesse Bromwich has a three-year deal worth X amount, say 600 a year, they might pay him 750, 750. Uh, and then, you know, whatever the sums are on that uh, yeah, 400 or whatever the case may be Um, in the third year. So that they can do. Um, So that allows a bit of flexibility around that, which means that the Dolphins for a number of years will still have an opportunity to be able to be a decent player in the market. And I don't think that will, Bother them all that much? They've missed out on the current round in the last eighteen months of leaning anyone huge. So if they can, I guess, uh, get their ducks in a row and be able to be ready over the next two to three years to have another crack at whoever comes off next, then they're probably going to do that as well. So,
1: well, let's say for instance that you know there comes the point where there is the shoulder tap. Who, yeah, you, know, you obviously don't want to see, you know, you want people to get the best value for money or, you know, try to lift their game. But who would you pick if you had that choice? In the squad? Yeah, in the current squad. Shoulder tap.
0: There's a few that I think were rushed into being given top 30 contracts. People like Tristan Riley, who hasn't shown a whole lot. Sioni Fainu, who, you know, hasn't shown... Anything as of yet, and and some of these are development players, and I think they were given that as a carrot to get them to sign. But
1: uh, I think we've thirty with players. You were frozen for a second there, mate. Just thought I'd okay. jump That's right. Um, are, there's the only Fano and development players. Yeah, I'm just saying it's filled up our players with a few with
0: a handful that don't have experience. And or have zero games and also were given the same carrot, which was a top thirty spot. So Tristan Riley comes to mind. Siani Fainer comes to mind. Tumuth, even though he just signed on, part of the sweetener, I think, was that he got a top thirty contract this year. I know that Rua signed up to a top thirty contract. Um who else can I think of? There was another couple. And then there's the perennial under underperformance. So, like to me, Tristan Riley, I would if we can flog him off somewhere, he's not going to do anything for us. It's Fainu, We've got plenty of forwards now, plenty of prop stocks, and he hasn't set the world on fire. Paule's far out, um, uh, surpassed him. You know, so those two I'd be happy for starters to get rid of. Seafarth, whilst he performs a role in the squad, I think, you know, he's fallen so far down the pecking order, move him on. And then even talk- talking about players that actually might be worth doing it from a monetary point of view which may be somebody along the lines of Kenny Mamalo or even David Nofaluma.
1: Hmm.
0: um, And they may actually get some some takers. So that's the other side of the coin is if you're going to offload people off your top 30, it's not a matter of just going, hey, buddy, see you later, take a hike. You've got to have clubs, if they're under contract, that are willing to um, take that contract over. Because even if you were to pay out a player, that still stays on your cap for the length of that contract. So if we were, um, say, disgruntled with Alex Saifarth, and we said, rightio mate, we don't want you here anymore. You don't want to be here. We'll pay your contract out. You can take the money and go. That still remains on our salary cap for yeah, this year, yeah. even though we lose the player. Um, so yeah, Ken Mamalo or David Nofaluna would be somebody I'd be willing to, to be perfectly honest, because as far as I'm concerned, unless they're having blockbuster years, then they're not, not offering enough beyond what we have as backups. And considering that we've got Laurie and Staines as options, uh, we've got Tupou as an option, we've got Kapoa, we've got Toa, they are all serviceable. um, And I don't find Noffa and Kenny as much as I like both of them. And I do think they do offer a a tier above each of those guys. It's not a huge leap above such that losing them would be a tremendous setback in my opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I was thinking Nofa too, um, to be honest as well. I think I mentioned this uh, last week that, Noffa really only ever plays his best footy when he's got a contract on the line. Um,
0: I don't yeah. think he's alone there either, by the way.
1: No, I don't think he is, but it's very evident, unfortunately, with him. Very evident. Yeah. Um, you can see it. Like, when he got that winger of the year, I think it was 2020, I think it was when. He was in and out, in and out, and then he got winger of the year the last two years. I mean, so much so, we were more than happy to send him down to Melbourne. We were like, yeah, go. Yeah, well, and then, that's it. They can dress it up as much as they want. Oh, but we wanted to get him give him finals experience and this and that. They were just like, we don't need you anymore.
0: Yeah. So Yeah, and, and was it a question of or is it a question I should say of um like I was saying, is that gap between what he offers and his salary enough to consider keeping him if the situation arose where A, we needed to free up a spot and B, um financially. It, it would give us a few hundred thousand back in a kitty. Um, I don't know that he does offer that. No. And um, I think that those that are sitting under him in the pecking order in the back line, be it Staines, Tupo, Toa, Kapoa, and there's probably some others coming through soon too. Jimmy Nutlick, you know, once he gets a bit of experience, then, yeah, well, in, in many ways, that's a no-brainer. Mm, no, 100% agree. I also don't know how much she vibes with the group you see the socials and um, and this has been the case for a number of years and they're all on each other's socials to some degree. Like they'll tag or they'll comment or they'll be in pictures with someone from time to time. And this is just on Instagram whatever else, but Nofa seems a bit of a lone wolf. And I don't see a lot, if any, crossover between his stuff. Maybe the occasional thing when they're on camp together or something, but it's not a regular thing where I think he's got a, a separate group of friends and he has a completely separate life, which like, – on its own, on face value, is fine. But I think that um, having that camaraderie and and, uh, that tight bond, meaning they spend more time off the field together, teammates, these guys, um, I think that's only a good thing. So, yeah, I don't know that from a team harmony perspective, it would be a tremendous loss either.
1: No, I don't think so either. Hmm. Yeah, squad
0: talk around that sort of stuff is interesting. But yeah, I dare say that we're going to have to free up a spot or two because you can't go into the season being full without any wiggle room for uh, either opportunities in terms of a signing comes up available that you go oh that's what we need and you miss the chance you miss the boat because you didn't have the space available or you God forbid um, have a hole develop within your squad because of an injury or a suspension or something and you need to fill it
1: yeah. No, I agree. I, I, it's just interesting. Like, I can't remember when we've ever really completely filled up a top thirty squad at the start of the year. It's always we've always had one or two players. Still, we could have signed, and you we always have this conversation. Are we going to hold off until you know mid year or all that stuff? But that's changed now, hasn't it? You can't sign players mid year. You can. I thought that you can sign. I thought June 30 deadline or July 30 deadline was getting scrapped.
0: Oh, that's in talks. Like they're talking for a transfer window, but they haven't made any decisions Uh, on that. But still as as it was, yeah. Okay. So I think it was August 1 last year, which was a flow-on effect from COVID. I don't know if that's changed since. I think as far as I'm aware, it's still August 1, even though people are a little bit uh, snooty about it. And I think it's on the path to change. I just don't think they've ratified those changes as of yet. So I think that's forthcoming in the next year or two, but not quite now.
1: Fair, fair,
0: yeah. Um, I was going to say the next thing we could mention, maybe, and there's, there's probably not a lot to talk about really, is um John Bateman. Watch, we're we're still sitting here watching the the planes flying in, and just wondering which one he's going to be on.
1: No, no, and then somebody shared on this on like. know we're all parts of west tigers facebook groups and things like that but someone shared that uh he was on his way from his missus account but uh as you mentioned previously before we started this pod that's uh that was just a red herring somebody was just you know using an old image of uh of them traveling on a plane so yeah i don't think think it was actually
0: i don't think i don't think it was referencing uh them traveling so well, it wasn't them coming to Australia anyway. It was an image from maybe last week or something when they may be going somewhere else or they're in a different uh, position. But anyway, I mean, it'll be when it'll be. But um yeah. article came out during the week where Tim Sheens was interviewed and part of what they spoke about was Bateman and talking about, um, I guess the quote was something like, well, we've got to get him here first and talking about visa issues and things. I think it's a bit of a storm in the teacup. Oh, that yeah. being said, no doubt they they would have wished that he was here. But I think with Christmas, having all the immigration centres closed and the delay and everything that comes with that, I'm sure they got got the people on it to do, do these things as quickly as they possibly can. And the fact that he's bringing out um his whole family this time as well, wow. so his young son but also his older daughter, I think that that's just, just um, clogging up a little bit as well. As well, as well. But... Sorry, say that again.
1: I didn't know his daughter was going to come out as well.
0: Yeah, well that seems to be the stories that I've read just on, you know, um the mainstream mainstream media. But um Yep. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I think that was part of the appeal for him. I think he wanted a long contract so his his daughter from England could come out and um and have a chance to get settled. But you know, that's all speculation in one way. Uh but I think that, you know, some of the things that were thrown out there, I think it was more attention grabbing to say things like, Oh, we're not sure if he will be here for the start of the season. Could possibly quite miss round one and I, yeah, yeah. I th- I think they're, they'd quick, be babe. reasonably conf- Yeah, I think yeah, I think they'd be reasonably confident that he'd be here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and look, he may not be ready for trial two even. Uh, but if that's the case, so be it. But nah, he'll he'll be here. He'll be I'll here be early mid Feb. Yeah. I'd be pretty confident.
1: I, I I'm going to say he'll be in the next yeah the next week or two. So, but yeah, it's um definitely something we're holding out to. We're definitely looking forward to seeing him in our colours. So, yeah, that's always a nice moment seeing them in the colours for the first time. Yeah, yeah yeah it's uh when we saw appy in his colors we well you forgot about the comment he made with penrith i almost forgot about it yeah, i didn't forget about it i just sort of downplayed it <laughs> um we've all
0: we've all made a couple of comments on the drink around different people about different things but anyway i dig that back up again he's, he's ours now same with that same with clemmer bateman's on the way so
1: yeah, I read um read an article today uh, about Clemmer. Uh, he was talking about his exit from the Knights, and you know what that occurs. Like he's actually quite settled on moving back to Newcastle. When well, this is what it said. He was moving back to Newcastle when the season uh, the his contract's over. He's actually living with his in laws at the moment. But um, yeah, he's super super excited, and you know he's ripping in. Apparently, um, who was it? Appy was uh commented on saying that when he's taking a hit up just in training, there's no 70, 80%, it's 120% through the line. And so it's mm-hmm. making the junior forwards step up and do the same thing. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've needed for the longest time.
0: That same sort of thing to be able to drag people along.
1: No, exactly. Uh, I mean, we haven't really had that for this, probably since Woods left. Yeah, but even
0: still, like we said the other week, it wasn't really the same type in in many ways. Like he, you know, he led from the front in in a big sense, but that intensity of training, I don't know if Woodsy would have been the the um, front of the pack style trainer mm. out of the off season. I just can't see it for some reason.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Him and uh, John Bateman when they get together, like you know, you hear a lot of that about how hard of a trainer he is too, not afraid to give people a bit of a spray and uh, bring everybody along for the ride in terms of the ten- intensity that he wants in his teammates too. So, yeah, no doubt that uh, on the training paddock and then hopefully translating onto the field, that'll that'll be something that those two in particular bring.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's something that we desperately needed for a long period of time. And uh, we thought we were getting that with a few signings back when Cleary was there, but that obviously didn't eventuate. So let's hope the second time around uh, we're... we're we're in a better position. so Yeah. I definitely still
0: had optimism floating around when it comes to the forward pack. 100%.
1: Um,
0: So in the rumour mill, pretty quiet of late, um, there has been a few little bits and pieces that have popped up, but as with everything, these uh, come with a caveat that they are only, I guess, as good as um, the outcome tends to be in the end. So, either they're right or they're wrong, they're either they're on-track rumours or they're off-track rumours. One of them that has uh, floated across my screen in the last probably week or so from a couple of different sources is that uh, it's highly likely that Adam Dewey will extend for 12 months only uh, being that he feels that he wants to be able to play some good footy consistently and, and allow himself to be able to put himself in the shop window, whether that's for other clubs or not but Partly to replay, repay the club himself and probably just prove maybe a little bit that he is worth that higher pay bracket that gives him this year and next, uh, at least for the most part, to be able to get some good footy under his belt. And that's neither confirmed or or denied, excuse me, um, at this stage. But um, I think there's, there's a chance we might find something about that, find out something about that, sorry, before the season kicks off proper. It might not be for a few weeks yet, but if and when that one is true. Um, how do you feel about Dewey? Another 12 months.
1: Look, I think that is actually a good option. Uh, like I'd love to, I love to think that the, the you know, Sheenzy and Benji had a bit of a say in that as well. Like to show, like, yes, Dewey wants to put himself up the shop window, wants to pr- play consistent footy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm hoping that you know, like I said, Sheenzy and Benji were had a bit of a hand in getting him to come to that decision. Um, Like saying to him, look, we want to keep you. We want to make sure you're worth the money. So let's, let's, let's do 12 months at this. And, you know, we can talk again uh in the new year. Oh, I mean, in the, in the next season, because he, you can, you always can with Dewey, you always know that you're going to get, he's going to give you everything, but it might not be what you want. <laughs> it might be that he overplays his hand or, you know, he overreads defense, what, whatever tactical wise. So I'd love to see him consistent, but I'd also love to see him injury free for an extended period of time. I think shelling out that sort of money for a player who's had, is it two or three knee Ricos? Two. Two new two. Two, two knee recos. It's, it's a bit of a push. Um, well, so, at
0: least until, like you said, he plays consistent footy for a decent two or three years in a row. Yeah, exactly. So, you sort of got to you've got to earn that trust, that trust back from not tr- not trust as in dishonesty, but trust uh, that the club can trust that your body's going to hold up.
1: Yeah, because like Benji, we all know Benji how how busted his shoulders were in the first what five or six years of his career. You know, had multiple recos on both both shoulders. And you know, there were
0: five, five knee uh, five shoulder reconstructions.
1: Yeah. Uh That's and you know, there, there was talks even when he was like towards the back end of the two thousands that you know is he worth the money considering his injury toll. And you know, and then a year later he went he wins the golden boot. He was like three points off a DALE M award. But he was always in the talks um of you know Dally M awards and things like that, even when he was injury prone. So he, you knew he was a consistent performer. Yes, he was rocks and diamonds, but he was a lot more diamonds than he was rocks. Um, and then, yeah, like you just need to know that if you do shell out that kind of money for somebody that hasn't exactly been consistent and can succumb to injuries a little bit easier than others, <clears throat> that it's going to be value for money.
0: Oh, definitely, that and that's what it comes down to. Everything, every contract doesn't matter whether it's big or small needs to be value for money. If it's a low contract, they need to be able to offer value to fulfill that low contract. Brandon Wakem that we're talking about, um, you know, and if you're Mitchell Moses after one point four a year, then you've got to bring enough value to justify that pay that pay packet.
1: Yeah, definitely. And if
0: you're if you're constantly injured, then doesn't matter how good you are, you can't provide any value if you're off the field for long periods of time. So yeah, you hit the, the nail on the head there. I think
1: yeah 100%. So I think it's a, I think it's a smart idea from both parties. I think from a from a Dwayne perspective um it gives him the opportunity to show his value to in cuz obviously if if the talks were true that he wanted that price tag you and I both agree we think that was just smoke and mirrors from his ex management team. Um but he would have wanted something relatively high you know um I think he's on a pretty good packet with us I think he's on 600 a year. So I think wants, it was about
0: that at mark yeah.
1: I think he'd want something more than that so you're probably thinking he would shove himself at 750 if he wants an increase. Or yeah I see-
0: think he sees himself as a starting half so you know a, a starting half at an NRL club even at a struggling NRL club they're probably going to be getting seven or 800. Yeah. So you can understand that I guess but
1: yeah yeah. But obviously you know, if he had got that he would be leaving but he's no one signed him so no one sees that value. So if he wants that pay packet and if he sees himself as a starting half he needs to prove it. So yeah, I just think it's a good deal. And uh, I I'd love to see him stay cuz like we've talked about this in the past. I don't know if we ever really mentioned on the pod cuz you know um it was more I think it was more the around the 2021 season we were talking about. We didn't kick this podcast off in the 2022 season but the 2021 season, we were adamant. We were like, he needs to be the next captain. He's got so much passion, so much. He he seems to love the jersey, you know, what have you. And I don't think that's ever wavered. So I'd love to see him in that jersey long-term, but I just want to make sure that it's the value that we need. You know, passion can only get you so
0: far. Yeah. And coming back from injury last year, we did see a couple of shortcomings in his game as well, particularly defensively. Uh, And... You know, we need to see that not only is he coming back, as you said, the the passion's unwavering, and we know that he loves the club. He was a junior. We know that the talent is there in attack. We know what he can do, but we've got to see development and improvement in his game as well because he is far from a complete player. He's got a lot of deficiencies, and he needs to be able to show that he can improve those. Um, and that comes again, as you said earlier, from some sustained time injury free.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right,
0: the other one that I wanted to mention, which is very, very recent, grain of salt style stuff, is another Mitchell Moses (laughs) rumour. So uh, all the hush-hush in the last probably two or three weeks where we haven't heard a whole lot has been that uh, the pendulum has swung right back to Parramatta and it was a matter of just working out a few little bits and pieces and I think that he... Um, as far as as far as the sources that I've heard provide some information that he was relatively happy in the end with them and the direction they were going and he was happy to commit seemed like the easier option. Then today there's been uh, two separate sources. Um, neither they're not this isn't Justin Pasco saying it, keep in mind. these are all whispers people people hear whispers from any number of um, sources and and more often than not, Even if they're correct, it's not generally because um, they were deeply in the know. It's not generally because they're Mitch Moses' fiancé or girlfriend and they happen to be the person who shared that
1: information. It's it's more of a case that they're generally just a little bit lucky. Or their dad says something over the dinner table and they went, oh, that makes sense. Point
0: being um, is that uh, our offer was pushed a little bit after our final offer. It was pushed a little bit more and it was contingent as well on on a few um, third parties coming through. And it seems as though that those have come through. And so in the last day or two or the last couple of days, it seems as though the camp might have swayed back towards the Tigers and that he might be reasonably settled. Another one of the, the sources have said all along, without too much detail at all, that he's been signed for quite some time. And they're very cognizant of uh, media and everything around announcing these sorts of things, leading into seasons and that sort of stuff as well, cognizant of the impact it might have on power and everything else. Um, I can't vouch for any of these sources. Uh, I don't know how correct they are. They tend to change as well. So, look, the answer is a pineapple. It tends to sway with the breeze depending on which way the, the wind is going. So, take it all with a Grain of salt, just know that he hasn't yet made up a decision or made up his mind, I should say, as far as we're concerned. As far as the Tigers are concerned, as of right now, we're still in the hunt. We might be deeply in it. We might be hanging on. We might have never had um, a popsicle's chance in hell of, of actually signing him. Who knows? But we'll find out one way or another uh, sooner rather than later. I think it's around week, uh, week, around round 10, I think, that he's got to give Parramatta an answer and the Tigers from good sources were actually told that they would have an answer prior to Christmas. So that's where we're at.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we, you and I both said he is probably in the top three halfbacks at the moment. So I wouldn't say no, No Um, but yeah, we just, I just, we'll just have to see where the, uh uh where the penny drops. So where do you stand on like the past
0: history with him and the way he left the club and the fallout? That sort of stuff does any of that bother you? Given it was five years ago, or nah, it under the bridge? I
1: think I've moved on from that. In yeah. saying that, I haven't moved on from Tedesco. So, um no, I think I would. Gonna...
0: Would you would you let that affect Tedesco coming home for a a two year third year mu- mutual option retirement fund?
1: No, <laughs> no, mate, me neither. Uh, um, I. I it's the same thing like i don't know i i guess i i put it in the same category as i hated paul gallum when he played for the sharks loved him when he played for the blues yeah i guess colors have a way of doing that doesn't it it does it does when they're in your colors you just seem to sort of yeah let it go a little bit
0: so jerry seinfeld had a good bit about that he was talking about how it's funny in baseball i think he was talking about baseball when he said that you can have one player playing for your team one week and you're supporting him. Yeah. Woo. We love that guy. We love that guy. He can get traded to another club. And then literally the next week you can be doing boo. Yeah. Boo. No, we don't like you. Same person, different t-shirt, boo, new t-shirt. No. Yeah. So, it's, it's it. <laughs> that's, all it that's all it is. The same person in a different outfit. Yeah. I hate you now.
1: I hate those colors on you. You look yeah. bad in red. Yeah. But, the, anyway. but that's the thing too, like, um, you know, we've let players go and we haven't really been um, affected by it. Like there's certain players, like I remember when Benji left in 2013, went to play for the Auckland Blues. Mm. Wasn't all that upset. And that's, that's to be the truth. It's it, he, it felt like he stopped caring Um, the way he left. I think was, there
0: was, I think with Moses and Tedesco, there's a lot of context around it because we had this narrative coming all through the early 2010s about this was the next generation of young yeah, kings man. at our club and they were going to lead us into a dynasty and like truth be told in hindsight these guys became superstars had we actually kept them happy and kept them together which they probably wanted to be they were all best mates they probably would have happily kept playing for the tigers had we not been a complete clusterfuck of a club we and been able to do that then you know we might have had a a heap of sustained sustained success.
1: Yeah. No, that's true. But, yeah, no. Nah, if I, I'd still bring him back, but it still stings listening to Tedesco saying, uh, oh, he loves the Chooks. He loves the Roosters. Mate, they didn't stick with you when you had two ACL Ricos. They didn't stick yeah. with you when you broke your kneecap. They didn't stick with you when you were, you know... <sighs> You were just coming through the grades and all this stuff. But they were more than happy to uh, throw money at you and tell you that you were going to win a premiership. Yeah. And then I was reading today.
0: Unfortunately, Tedesco clearly never really had parents around him that uh, taught him to be appreciative of those that stick by through the hard times. And so he was one reaching for the stars. I think he comes from a bit of money, so that's not really surprising. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit off in the glossies there.
1: But uh it was it's just interesting we're talking about the Roosters and Tigers. I read someone shared an article in the chat that we have that um the Roosters apparently have opened their own center of excellence. So that's funny. Say that again. The ro- last bit, sorry. The Roosters have apparently uh opened their own center of excellence. Oh, uh, have they? Yeah. Is that what they called it? Well, that's what, I think that's what the article, the headline said. They've opened their own center of excellence. I don't remember what they, I, I don't think I read too much of the article. I just read the headline and went, okay. Okay. Yeah. Look, I hate you. Copycats. I hate you, Sydney Roosters. Let's just use money yeah. to uh, to win. Yeah, they're just,
0: it's, it's funny because East had such a rich history in many ways. And, and they're a foundation club and they come, there's a lot of history with that club, but What they've what they've turned into in the last twenty five years, and it's probably around the time that Politis took over, is they've just become this empty, shallow shell of a club that just has. They don't seem to have any base in any geographical region. They've got no soul. There's no. There's yeah exactly. There's no soul. (laughs) Um, it's all glitz. It's all glamour. It's all surface level. They just pluck players from area from different different teams. Um and just pay big salaries and just buy premierships and that sort of stuff as well. And I don't know, it doesn't seem as organic as, look, Penrith. hats off to yeah, exactly. I'll bet. So hat, hats off, credit where credit's due. Penrith, Penrith's success has been from organic, um, from an organic place. They've, they've spent the time and the effort and the money in growing that club. And as much as, you know, the disdain stays there for who coaches them. Um, outside of that, as, as a club and as a system, the success they had just seems so much more authentic. Like if I had the choice between the two, I, I'm hating Penrith these days because of what happened. But, um, you know, I, I guess a part of me can really take my hat off to them. Where Sydney Roosters, like, uh, I don't know how anyone supports them. No, it must no, be no. nice going for a team, but how do you support yeah. a club that's got no soul that isn't authentic?
1: See, and that's the thing. A lot of people put, um, you know, I'm a, when it comes to NFL, I'm a Patriots fan. But I was a Patriots fan prior to Brady era. So I can say that, you know, I'm not a bandwagoner. But people say that about the Patriots, that yeah, they've got no soul. Jeez, you
0: must be old, mate. You must be old. He was there for 19 years.
1: Yeah, pretty old. 36. Um, But, um, yeah, that they've got no soul. They're, you know, the Roosters are like that as well. You know, how do you support them? I don't know, because I go for a team that apparently has no soul. So, yeah.
0: No perspectives, please. Fuck the Roosters. That's where we land on this one. All right, moving
1: right. on. If, if you don't like us talking about how shit the Roosters are, then um, don't listen to us.
0: Keep walking. Speaking of NFL, just quickly, it could always be worse, mate, because you, you could go for a side that currently, well, at least as of last week, their starting quarterback who just signed 100 Multi hundred million dollar deal did his ACL at the end of the season, so he's gone for a while. They sacked their coach, so we have got no coach, we had no GM. Arizona Cardinals for anybody playing at home made the playoffs last year for the first time in a while, and then we finished with four wins four and 13 this year. So spectacular gun right. squad, JJ Watt, um, Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray, and just Buttibago, just hopeless, like absolute. Absolutely woeful. Anyway, that's enough oh, of, um, NFL. This <laughs> is not this is not the, the lament lament your NFL side station. But but yeah,
1: but yeah, we, we were going to talk about that just before or about this. I'd love to get your take on this new preseason challenge that's coming out this mm-hmm. year. What they the incentives that they're they're kind of putting out there. Do you, do you like it?
0: Uh, yeah. So specifically.
1: What they're talking about is uh reward for attacking play. Is that right? So yeah, you can get, um, you can score a maximum of 15 points in terms of on your, on the ladder. It is, what was it? It was nine points for no 12 points for a win, six points for a draw, no points for a loss, but you can still get an extra point for five or more tries, an extra point mm. for five or more line breaks an extra point for something else coming with the third thing for it. So you can get a maximum yeah. of 15 points. Um, But yeah, I just thought that oh, was, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting my,
0: my take on it is I like the fact that there's a reward. I think the reward should be bigger, to be honest. I, I want, I would like to see clubs take this more seriously. A hundred grand doesn't go anywhere. It's it doesn't even cover.
1: Ocean. Hey, it's a drop in the ocean. Yeah. Like it, it
0: barely covers a physio salary for that 12 months. So, um, yeah, I think it could be a little bit better. Um, what I would like to see is maybe something like half a mil. And look, they've just they've got money to spend. The NRL, like 100, yeah. percent and even in the revenue that you might improve, run with maybe a preseason jersey that is um, that is sold cheaply. Maybe their fifty dollar preseason jerseys a bit different, like they did with the nines. They can make revenue out of that and pay for it. Whatever the, whatever the monetary thing is. Half a million goes towards um, the club of which 250 of that must be spent in their junior, uh, junior nursery of their choice. And so they can divide 250 grand of their prize money to the area of their choice or something like that. Um, I think that would be, would be a really good thing. It would make them take it seriously. Um, And yeah, look, I I like it because it's something that spices things up. I don't think it has, um, a whole lot of long-term value in terms of those exact rules correlating into the competition proper. I think that it's it's too technical and it's too nitpicky and that sort of stuff as well. But for a short-term thing like that, it's got like a bit of big bash about it. Um, So it's two games, but yeah, it might liven it up a little bit. I know that the coaches will probably be a little bit annoyed by it because it may make them go away from structures that they have been working on because um, it encourages attacking and ad-lib style play, which might work into Sheens and Benji with this new approach that we've we've spoken about wanting to play more attacking football. But some clubs might not be wanting to do that. They just want simple, clean, tidy footy to get a few connections going and that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, maybe a few coaches might not be overly keen. What about you? Have I spoken for you? Or you got a- Yeah, I
1: think you have. I think you have 100%. I, I didn't think of it in terms of where to allocate the money I like that idea I like the idea of half of it going to you know I think it should be increased like you said they've got money to burn um uh but yeah I think half of it should go to junior development I think that's junior development or bush footy you know there's a lot of talk about bush footy dying and yeah. you know like so much so the team the team that we used to play our junior football the Sortie Panthers Sortel Panthers represent um, I don't even think they could have a first grade side last year. So they had reserve grades, they had 18s, but most of the time I don't think they had a first grade side. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone that's from Sawtell and listen to this, but um, yeah, bush footy's dying. So it might be a good way to inject some more funds into bush footy. If...
0: Yeah. Yeah. In some way that I think, I mean, that's, a, that's a topic, we're off on a bit of a topic there and that might not be a bad one heading into next week's podcast. And there's a fair few thoughts around that, that, but... Uh, I would love to share because I'm that's something I'm super passionate about. I actually, I actually believe that if you put it in a junior development, you're going to improve bush footy um, by default because you're going to increase participation numbers. You're going to increase resources at that younger age groups, will which will naturally flow on up and through. If you've got 100 enrollments at your local footy club, whereas once upon a time you used to have 40 um, and that 100 comes from more investment in school programs and generating more interest and more advertising, those hundred kids, more of them are going to grow up into the upper grades. There's going to be more numbers. There's going to be more um, everything that come with that, more rego, which could pay for more coaches, which can get better facilities. So I think it it, it all plays into the same, the same system, but um, undoubtedly um, and we won't unpack it too much. We could be here to midnight, yeah, yeah, but yeah, the fact that um, Saudi doesn't, have i don't know if they ended up feeling first grade last year in the end or not i have a feeling they might have i think this year they are but i, have to I double check. they are
1: this year but yeah
0: yeah um but yeah it's something that the nrl beyond beyond need to look at as a priority it was a priority years ago uh so it should have happened yesterday and yeah something needs to happen there so yeah look maybe something like the trials is a way to kick off a new initiative around that sort of, of thing. But look, um, as a segue into talking about where the NRL should spend money, let's just have a quick take. And I'm, I'm aware that the pot is getting on a bit, but happy days. We're moving well. Let's have, I, I want to know what your quick take is on this um, players union and NRL pay dispute spat that's currently there at the moment, because I've got some pretty strong thoughts.
1: If, if it's based on what the players are saying they want the money allocated to, I'm on the side of the players. If it's just them being money hungry and needing wanting more money, I'm on the side of the NRL. So it all depends on who's telling the truth. Um, because what so as, in like, in
0: in terms of the quick dot point summary, what do you understand their um, requests to be? To players their at the players' requests
1: moment? are more money for um, retired players, more money for I guess medical expenses or medic medical needs after retiring. They're really looking at the wellness programs, things like that, just to make sure that when the game is finished, when they cause the average lifespan of an NRL player is two years. Um, you know, when they're finished the game. It's, when you say
0: lifespan, you mean playing career. Yeah. Just yeah. I'll just clarify that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're not dead after two years. Um But yeah, it's about taking care of the players when the game ends, when they stop playing. If that's the case. Like I said, I'm all for the players. But okay. you just got to, we, we don't know who's telling So, them. how are
0: those splinters in your backside, mate? Because you're sitting on that fence so hard, it must hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. But that's the thing. I mean, d- do we believe that these players that are getting paid $700,000, dollars $900,000 a year are not putting money away to look after themselves after retirement, to look after themselves, to, um, ensure that they are looked after you know that's a for the average australian that's a decade worth of um you know a decade worth of salary a decade worth worth of you know annual salary in one year um yeah i know that they put their bodies on the line i know that you know concussions are very very big thing now you know you look at um you know kenny from how did i forget his first name whatever Kenny from the Parramatta Eels, back in the day, he uh, there was a big report on him. He's got Brett Brett Kenny. Brett Kenny, that's it. Uh, he's got dementia, all that jazz. Uh, it's Ray Price, isn't it? Is it Ray Price? Is it? Yeah, that was one of them. One of the legends from the from the eighties. I just know. Did I you ever
0: saying. watch Ray Price play football? Obviously, we were a little bit too young, but it was only a handful of years before I we think, were watching. I think he young actually boy was, footy.
1: He used to run head first, didn't he? <laughs>
0: he was a lun- mate, lunatic. That footy in the 80s was wild.
1: Yeah, he used to... If I don't know if anyone remembers... Um, you know, if you're listening and you're around our age, you probably would remember a player called Martin Lang who had probably the worst running style out of anyone for protecting his head. Um, it was... The, long, the cool. long, wet
0: hair, flick back in contact made it look more glorified than what it was, I reckon.
1: Oh, he just used to put his head out there and just not care if he got it knocked off. But like I said, if, you know... If It is about what they are, you know, because they're getting paid a significant amount now. If it's about putting money into setting up programs and things like that, then yeah, let's go with the play. I'm on the player side 100%. Okay,
0: fair enough. Um, I got a bit of context behind what I say, what my take on it is, and I work in a job where our job's pretty well unionized, and um, I'll keep it. I'll keep it aside as to what, what I do for work, but um, we've got a pretty strong union and the union will often go into that on behalf of um, our profession to try to get some changes that happen. Um, And I'm often in the minority in that, and this is an innate thing. This is not something I'm trying on to try to sound any particular way. Um, I don't want for anything in my job. And I'll, I'll get to my opinion on, on this, um, um, on the, the spat between the NRL and the players, but this just gives you a bit of context, I guess, as to why I think this way. Um, I'm just grateful to have a job that pays reasonably well with good conditions. Um, I'm not always sitting there wanting more, 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 and I'm not willing to go and have days off work to do um, union action, that sort of stuff as well. And I get to the point where I grow tired of people who are always whinging about the state of their current jobs and that sort of stuff as well, because in my eyes it's, Either be grateful for what for what you got, or make a change yourself and make a change. Go and find a different job to go and do something else. Um, and I guess that's just my mentality, and um, and I like I like that. I like the fact that um, I've got a bit of gratitude around what I do for work. So that leads me into my opinion on this. And firstly, as a caveat before I give the opinion of saying that, I agree. I think there needs to be more. And they need, the NRL need to be able to compromise on having more systems to support players in a variety of circumstances. For example, if they have career-ending injuries, which are of a debilitative nature, for example, something like a Simon Dwyer or a Teniela Tuaki, where it affects their ongoing life, absolutely, there should be support there. The line that I never hear said ever, and it's remarkable, is that Once players stop playing, what's the line you always hear? Okay, so the average playing career is two years. You know, you only get 10 years to earn your money in your career. We hear that all the time. What never gets said is, are these players, when they turn 32, when they finish their playing career, are they banned from earning income elsewhere? No. They've now got another 35 years to go and work like everyone else. So they've got a working life at the same as everyone else, except they also had a super supplemented 10 years if they lasted that long, where they earned uber high money. Even even if they were a, a middle tier top 30 player, if they're a number 25 or a number 26, they're still probably earning above minimum wage. They're still probably earning above minimum R L wage, which is now 120. They might have earned 200 a year. They might have earned 300 a year for an average first grader. And we're talking about the run-of-the-mill first grader. You know, let's say they play for seven years. They've earned 250, for seven years. In the meantime, the NRL's training policy means they must have either completed a tertiary education degree, so either a bachelor's degree or a TAFE certificate. So they actually come out qualified as part of what the NRL sets them up for. So they set them up for success. They've earned this, this super amount of money in the meantime, or even a, a really handy amount of money. They retire at 29. By the time they turn 30, Most people are only just getting into the workforce anyway. They just march on with everybody else and it never gets talked about. I don't know what they expect to happen or what the people that are on the players' side expect to happen whereby they think that they should um, be able to retire and not work for the rest of their life. Hello. You just live the dream for a set period of time. You put your body on the line. Yeah, fair enough. So do miners and people on oil rigs and people that are out doing 18-hour deep-sea fishing, trawling jobs all these people put their body on the line you play footy because you love it and you happen to be good at it and you happen to be able to earn money from it lucky you but now you get the opportunity when you retire at 31 and you already own your home outright because you earned 300 grand for the last nine years now you can go and be an engineer for 35 years if you want to be like everyone else so it's that angle that shits me and i know that it is not just about money and i know that that's what they're saying but it's most certainly partly about money and the retired stuff, I like the support, as I said earlier, of having people who have fallen on hard times supported, veterans or ex-footy players that have fallen on hard times in the distant future when they're 50, 60, they find somebody who used to play that is homeless and they get they get around and they they give them access to a fund, all that sort of stuff. That's all good. Um, and the NRL must come to the party on that. I'm with them on that side of it. Okay, but in terms of the overall scheme of the angle that they try to run with, we get what we deserve and we put our bodies on the line we've only got short careers i don't buy any of it for that reason and it it, it gives me the shits because they've been given this golden if you don't want it go and be a school teacher go back and shovel gravel you know go and work at the landscape center go and do something else they're your options either you accept it as it is and you'd be grateful that you get to play sport for a living and earn multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars two or three hundred for an, an average nrl player I mean, bear in mind, they're still top of the top. Or go and do a horticulture to green and be a greenkeeper. They're your choices.
1: Make a choice and shut up. Obviously, I'm not as strong as that opinion, but I do think that we're on the same mind. I didn't
0: realize I was as strong until I got into the rant, but there yeah, we go. Yeah,
1: we're going pretty hardcore with that. Um, but I think we're on the same mind, Francis. <laughs> just... Like you said, like, yes, I have splinters in my ass from sitting on the on the fence. But that's the reason why I'm sitting on the fence is because who's telling who, what, like who's, who's embellishing the truth more. Is it the NRL or is it the players? I mean, yeah. and we're not going to
0: get the We're not going to get the full story. No, because journalists are going to get their side of the story from their sources. And it might be a player source, or it might be a headquarters source and then they're going to angle it in a certain way. And then you're going to have another article that comes from the other, another angle. And bottom line is, both the NRL and the players association, they owe it to the fans who are the people that provide everything that they've got to sort this the fuck out. Yeah. The same way that the NRL and the players fucked around with the salary cap at the back end of last year. Now they're fucking around with this. They owe it to the fans to have this sorted. Stop sitting on your hands. Stop, you know, stop arguing back and forth in, in your board meetings and just come to a compromise and figure it out. That's your jobs sorted out and sorted out yesterday it's because it's dragging 12, on yeah.
1: it's been over 12 months uh, yeah the yeah. CBA agreement so yeah,
0: absolutely um and I get that these things are nuanced and they're not super easy and not super straightforward I know as I said in my line of work I get I'm not I'm not privy to the details of what happens in negotiations but we keep we we are kept apprised of the process and how it's tracking and these things take time I understand that however Excuse me, you've had time. Figure Excuse
1: it me. out. You've had 12 months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And something about Clinton Newton just shits me to death because he was a bog average, and I hate that phrase, bog average first grade player. And now he's this bloody face of the Players Association. Every time he's in there, he's saying the same old thing, singing the same old lines. No, never does he ever come out and go, you know what, the NRL uh, looks after us pretty well, and uh, we're all pretty lucky to be here. So, Take your medicine, boys, and get out in the field. You know he's not going to do that. He's a player's advocate. I get it, but it it smacks to me in some in some ways of a complete lack of gratitude and a lack of awareness of where they sit in society. And it's that side that annoys me. Albeit I can understand some of what they're saying, but yeah, Yeah. Um, for me, that's my contentious view on the matter.
1: Figure it out. Yeah, and that's uh, that's valid. Well, I think that's probably gonna do us. I think I think we've gone well over time again. It's probably a,
0: a good note to to leave it, leave it maybe, and the, the watchers and listeners can pontificate on that a little bit further. Hopefully, next time we're we're talking, we'll have a bit of progress made in that department at least.
1: Yeah, next time I'll be back in the studio because uh I won't have the uh the glorious vid. So
0: yeah, no videos next week. YouTube, no videos in you. You're not, you know, suffering from the video next week, as it were.
1: (laughs) I'm like, what? We're still putting this on YouTube, people?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, most definitely. So, again, another segue, PSAs, YouTube channel, Tiger Town, Tiger Town podcast, can't miss it. So it's got our cute little heads and our little logos there. Hop on subscribe. You won't miss anything. Facebook page, up and running. It's been going now for a good month. And getting a good few follows, which is good. It allows us to be able to let you know when we hear any whispers about comings and goings. And as the season proper starts up, boy, how are we going to be busy trying to keep up with the admin uh, on that page? Not only would he let you guys know when our episodes drop, which is on a pretty reasonable schedule, but sometimes it does vary. We'll keep you apprised of that, both on Spotify and YouTube. We share that information via the Facebook page. It provides you with the best opportunity, folks to be able to engage with us as well. So hop on, like that page, ask us a question, Ask for clarification on something. Make fun of Toby's head and my beard if you want. Hey, it's all good for the algorithm. Um, look, another good episode. Plenty to talk about. Hopefully, um, Johnny B might be, we might have a little bit more information on him come this time next week.
1: Maybe a bit more on Moses as well. Who knows?
0: That'd be good, yeah. yeah. If you could actually let people know what he's thinking. That'd be wonderful. Thank you, Mitchell. Yeah,
1: or if, Moses, if you listen to this, jump on, jump on and uh, let us know, yeah?
0: That'd be lovely. Just personal DM, brother. Yeah, you know, we'll keep it, we'll keep it to ourselves for all of about three or four seconds, but exactly. yeah. radio folks. Thanks for tuning in Spotify, YouTube, wherever you found us this week. Um, I've been Zach. He's been Toby. He hasn't been feeling well, but he'll be better next week. And uh, as we say every single week, regardless of the scenario, regardless of whether we're on the side of the NRL or the players association, regardless of whether Johnny Bateman's in the country or Mitchell Moses has or hasn't signed. Go to the Tigers. Go the Tigers.